You're listening to Making a Living Show. I'm Roby Levy. Hi, my name is Karen Balzer, and I make Dot Mandala-inspired mugs and custom artwork for a living. While walking with her daughter during the one week of the year that Winnipeggers refer to as summer, Karen Balser was intrigued by kindness rocks decorated with intricate dotted mandala patterns. She was immediately inspired to start making her own and has since gone on to create custom dot mandala mugs and art under the name Peg Dots. Here's my chat with Karen Balser. Who are you and what do you make for a living? My name is Karen Balser and my business is Peg Dots. I make uh, dot mandala artwork primarily on coffee mugs and canvases, um, but I also do, especially this time of year, a lot of ornaments and custom work. Okay, so what's dot mandala art? Mandalas are a, a kind of a geometric art form. Um, there's a lot of symmetry, and the dot mandala form is it's just what it sounds like. It's it's dots, so you know it kind of looks more like a spider web. Uh, in certain certain instances, you start from the middle and kind of work your way out in symmetry. And where does this originate from? Uh, I think there's a different. There's a lot of different cultures that is kind of adapted it. Um, I believe a lot of like Hindu and uh, Buddhism, Sanskrit. Um, it has different meanings and symbolism depending on you know which culture you're kind of looking at. And and how did you come across these things and start applying them? Uh, well, I started actually um, painting um, maybe it was about three years ago. My oldest daughter and I, she was nine at the time. We started um, doing, the, uh, we found a local version of the uh, kindness rocks movement. Um, so, you know, people paint rocks with whatever little doodles and hide them around the city. And, you know, people, when you're out for a walk, you find them and post online that you found them and that kind of thing. And uh, so we started doing that. And it kind of, right around that time, it really took off in Winnipeg. It became a big thing. Like you couldn't pretty much go for a walk anywhere in the city and, and find these. So we started doing that and it was really fun. It was a good way to, you know, bond and spend time together and get outside and an excuse to go for a walk and that kind of thing. Um, and I really just liked painting. I, I found that it was a really good stress relief. Um, it was kind of relaxing. And I didn't think that that was the thing for me because I'm not really very artistic. Like I can't draw. <laughs> I can't. Um, any of my artwork previously was just stick people and, you know, little <laughs> stick dogs and stick cats. Um, so uh, this was, it was good to find something that I enjoyed doing and we started doing it more and more. Um, and it became, yeah, like I said, like a, a good stress relief, um, a good relaxing. It was a fairly stressful point in my life later that year. So I started doing it more and I was getting kind of tired of the, the doodles and sick people I was drawing. Um, and I'd found a couple of uh, mandala rocks. Like I just saw these designs and I thought of, these are really interesting I, they're they kind of I'm kind of drawn to them uh so I looked kind of taught myself to do it you know did some videos and I'm like I wonder if I can I can do this and um I found that I really I really liked it and I found that I was you know I can only draw stick people but patterns and and shapes I'm fairly decent at <laughs> so I just I there's just something I picked up and started doing and I really enjoyed it and were you doing them initially on rocks as well or did you yeah I started on rocks 
<laughs> um, any sort of, we'd go to the beaches and, uh, you know, pick any, any sort of, you know, nice flat rock we could find and uh, bring them home. And then, yeah, I just, it just kind of expanded. I got in the winter time. You don't go out here in Winnipeg, at least. I'm not a fan of the winter here. So you're not really out hunting for rocks when it's 40 below. Um, so I was looking for other things that I started doing some like canvas and magnets and stuff. And I, know, I just started to kind of take over the house. So I figured I should see if maybe I can do something with these. <laughs> so early on when you started out, were you doing traditional mandala designs or were you doing your own take right out of the gates? Well, it's kind of, I think everything is kind of your own take. Like it isn't like a, there's a specific pattern that this is this version and you make it exactly like this. It's more just an overall style. So it's kind of, you can really, I've kind of, you know, found I have a few different um, setups and styles that I kind of work with more often, but they always end up different anyways. It's just kind of, you really just start with some dots and, and see where they take you. <laughs> see, to my untrained eye, even looking at some of them just online, seeing some Mandala pictures, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it's bringing images back. If you remember Spirograph when you mm -hmm. were a kid, that's what it sort of looks like. It starts, yeah. sort of starts yeah, in, exactly. in the middle and sort of keeps, keeps turning and turning on itself. Obviously these are far more intricate and, and a lot more purposeful in their designs than a Spirograph. No, that's a great, that's a great way to explain it too. It is kind of like the old, <laughs> yeah, it just, they start and then it spirals out and they all kind of overlap and yeah it's really it's really beautiful i think <laughs> tell me then how did you go from you know sitting in your house 40 below painting some rocks you found with a bunch of dots on them to the next step to a getting better at actually doing the painting and b taking it to a more professional place where you started doing it on actual mugs and magnets and things for sale uh well getting better it is just just practice as you just you know just keep doing it I, I spent a lot of time just you know playing with with stuff and just doing it over and over again and you know little rocks and I'd paint over them and do them again and <laughs> if I ran out and that kind of thing um and selling them it just kind of started out as uh you know I, I can't keep everything I'm making I still like making all these things let's see if there's any interest in them um and i started getting people requesting like oh can you can you do something on this mug for me or um you know i'm looking for a gift for i just want like a little magnet i can mail or stuff like that so it just kind of kind of grew from there really out of a lack of space in my house for <laughs> everything <laughs> and you were i assume people like you were giving them away as gifts anniversaries maybe the odd birthday yeah, yeah i did like a lot of gifts and then yeah and people um i did my first craft so i thought well let's just see uh we'll see what happens and you know made a few things and sold a few things and then i started getting um orders kind of online get my name out and friends and yeah it just kind of it kind of grew organically a bit at the beginning but you said you like you you were taking online orders. You had a, a website built, or you put something together? No, it was more just off like uh, Facebook and that kind of thing. Like someone would contact me, like uh, oh, I saw you at you know X place or or that kind of thing. Where are you getting the ideas for these? Are they coming from other people asking? I know you do some custom work, so I mean, is that where you're getting sort of general ideas for what you're going to make and and what you're going to make it on? Um, yeah, a lot of the time. I mean, uh, custom pieces. 
they tend to range. There's either someone has a very specific idea of what they're looking for or just kind of, you know, I would want something in blue and purple go with it <laughs> like so um you know i've had very specific requests I, I had someone i painted um a guinea pig outline on on their canvas and then filled it with the mandala of the outline itself um so they had a very specific like vision of, of what they wanted it to look like um and then i've also just done i did like a piece for a family um kind of like a family tree uh, thing where I did each um, each color it was six or seven colors and each color matched a birthstone of someone in their family so they wanted that to to kind of represent that um, for custom work and then sometimes um, uh, I, I I launched a I started a new line of mugs a specific line of mugs just this past summer and uh, I called it the heritage series and I wanted to do something that kind of was a bit more personal and kind of uh, uh, represented parts of, of my life. So I, and there's six different mugs and I, each one of them is inspired by um, a, a place, a location in Manitoba um, that has been important in my life. And so some of them I found, some of them I found the mug first, some of them I kind of had the idea first. Um, there's one of them, the Cloverdale mug is actually it's uh looks like a little like milk jug and as soon as i saw this one i knew that uh, i was going to be about um, farm life my grandparents had a farm growing up and i spent a lot of time out on the farm so this mug just screamed farm to me <laughs> uh, so you know i did colors that reminded me of that red barn, you know, the yellow wheat fields, the uh, blue sky, the green grass, that kind of thing. And it just went from there. I mean, you do a lot of mugs and you do a lot of magnets and you do a lot of ornaments. Do you ever look at one of these and just go, I, I don't have a clue. I, I don't, <laughs> if I do one more of these, if I, I, I have nothing new is coming to mind. Do you ever hit an absolute creative block? looking at the same canvas like a painter might sometimes yeah i think sometimes i think those are the times when i think everybody does you kind of look at something and like even something that you love to do you kind of just like okay i i can't do this anymore today right now <laughs> or you know just today i'm just not feeling it i think in those times it's kind of good to have the business side of it because those are the days where i'm like okay i need to go i'm going to work on the website or i'm going to do all the boring administrative stuff that i don't like doing but i can't think of you know, I'm not being creative right now anyway, so get that side of it done. And then you spend a couple of days doing that and then you start to really hate the computer and, <laughs> and want to uh, go back to, to the paint. So with this, the, the, the heritage series, was this the first time you were trying to do um, a, a set of pieces that had story behind them, had meaning behind them? Yeah, this was the first time that I did something that was a series and actually, you know, kind of based on something. Uh, I do like doing all the mugs previously had been completely one of a kind. They were all different, all different colors, like no two really looked alike unless I made them coordinate. Um, but to be honest, from a marketing standpoint too, that's really hard to sustain on a, a website platform because I take all my own pictures and I do all my own listings and it's just me for everything. So to take a new picture and a new listing for every single mug, um, it's 
a lot more work. <laughs> so I did, it was kind of twofold. I wanted to have something that had a bit more meaning. And I also wanted to make my life slightly easier and be able to um, promote something that was easy, easier for people to obtain because I would put up a, a piece and I'd be like, Oh, you know, uh, someone would say, I really, I really like this mug. Can you do it again? And I'm like, well, I can't because I can't, I don't have another one of those particular shapes or this was only a, a vintage find that I found that I, I can't get anywhere else, you know? So this way I want, uh, I was able to come up with something that um, was unique, but still could be shared with more than one person. Right. To me, it, it sounds like you're, you're effectively making a, uh, like a fashion designer has, um, a fall line right? and yeah. you know, there's a, a certain theme maybe that ties all the pieces together. It's something that is new, but replicable Yes, and therefore to a certain extent, streamlinable as well. Cause I was going to ask you why handmade does, does handmade work for you or does handmade become a bottleneck for you? right now it's 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 working for where i'm at right now and again like you said with the streamline that was part of the thing too is now i can do i can sit down and i can do four four mugs in a in a set um a lot quicker than each if each one has different colors and different styles um so i enjoy that's that's my favorite part of it is actually making them so i can't really see a time where i would be getting anyone else to do it for me um eventually it is going to it's not it's not really scalable super scalable that way um eventually i'll be able to i'm hoping um you know if it grows i can get someone to in to do photography and accounting and you know the website work and that'll that takes up just as much of my time too so that'll be where if anything if i'm able to hire out as it were that'll be what it's for <laughs> right that makes a lot of sense and leads me actually to questions about your organization as you've said it, it it's basically you you're making the product you're designing the product you're you're producing the product shipping the product and everything but you're also doing the business side yes. and that of course takes away from how much you're able to produce Theoretically, in terms of uh, it may take away from your ability to grow the business if you did want to scale. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, the behind the scenes, I don't know that people necessarily realize when they see a product being made or they see, you know, any small business, they see the end result. But I don't know if people necessarily realize everything that goes in behind the scenes that you don't see. <laughs> that, you know, the website where you're up all night because you know, the website crash and you're trying to update this and the update isn't working. And this is it, you know, all these things to try to get your launch successfully out. There's a lot of behind the scenes ties that need, uh, that need strings that need pulling. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It would be good. That is kind of my goal one day is to be able to uh, outsource a bit of that so I can spend more time doing the actual creating. Which is the enjoyable part. Exactly. That holds true and, and is very much in line with other makers I've spoken to. Um, in fact, I spoke to a, a, a potter in, in an earlier episode who was uh, explaining to me how to make a mug. Mm -hmm. Mugs are actually a lot more work than you think they are. <laughs> and that's why they're more expensive than, than you think they should be. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I guess, are used to $5 Ikea mugs, but those are literally just poured in and then. And, and mass produced. Yeah. So when you're actually making something by hand properly, and when you're actually decorating something by hand properly, the cost of, of having a real human person doing it mm -hmm. is in the cost of the mug. 
but it's also what makes it special. Yeah, it's a, you know, like even even as much as you can produce something in a series, they're all going to be just slightly different and they're going to, you know, they just have that extra that extra bit of love in them. <laughs> yeah, gives them personality, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of all of these things, I mean, I, I assume doing everything yourself is, of course, a, a challenge in and of itself. But within there, what is the, the most challenging part? What's the toughest challenge you face in terms of running your business? It's probably just, you know, the standard answer, just finding finding the balance uh, between how much time do I need to spend um, towards marketing versus actually making the product. If you have great marketing, but you don't have enough product to um, back that up, you know, or vice versa, you have all this product, but you can't sell it because you don't have any marketing. Um, just finding a balance between how do I spend my time most effectively right now and most enjoyably too, because you still want to be able to enjoy what you're doing. That's why you go into business for yourself is because theoretically you enjoy what you're doing in theory. <laughs> and and let's assume more more often than not. You would hope so, yes. In terms of the marketing, what has been particularly successful for you? I think with pretty much any business these days, it's it's social media. You hear that a lot and it's definitely uh Social media is is a great tool. It can be a finicky tool. You kind of have to, it, it takes a, a lot of, you know, I spend a lot of time researching and <laughs> that kind of thing too, the most effective way to reach your audience. Um, but it's it can definitely be effective and it's a great way to build a personal connection with your, with your audience too, because you're not just talking, um, you're not just a website or just an Etsy. Etsy is great for um, being able to expose you to a, a worldwide audience that you might not necessarily have access to, but it definitely lacks that personal and pers personality. Um, so social media is a great way to really have your personality come out. You can, you know, be as um, professional, if you like, as you will, or as casual and, you know, uh, friendly, depending on, on what your brand is, really. And it allows your personality to shine through. And I think uh, when you're buying from a small business all the time, you're buying from the person behind it, not necessarily just the product. So social media is a great way. Instagram Instagram's probably mm, the best for that and Facebook. Yeah, what sort of content have you posted that has resonated most with your with your audience? Um, well, I actually one thing I like to do that I've I've um, been trying to do more of is uh, videos of uh, the actual painting, and I do time lapse because nobody wants to sit and watch half an hour of <laughs> of dots. But um, time lapse videos, I don't, I find them fascinating i find them interesting like uh with your speaking of your your potter before pottery i could watch someone playing with the clay all day like it's just endlessly soothing to me so um i do that with the dots and the time lapse of of the painting and sometimes seeing how something comes together like that um it's really interesting and it gives a little bit of a behind the scenes and people seem to enjoy seeing that as well. So I'm trying to do more of those. <laughs> well, I can definitely say those, those are incredibly interesting and engaging because that's actually how I found you. Oh. I sort of, you know, I, I was flipping through Instagram, flipping through, and all of a sudden I see this time-lapse of you doing dots. I, I'm pretty sure it was on a mug and, you know, and, and I just, I just sat there and watched it with maybe, you know, a couple of minutes and obviously it was more like a half hour, 40 minutes or something like that compressed down. And it was excellent. And I, and, and I just kept laughing because <laughs> 
your your caption, if I'm not mistaken, I seem to recall it was it was something like just when you thought I couldn't get in more dots, oh. and then you got in more dots, <laughs> and it was just cause I was like, oh my god, she's getting more dots in there. How is it happening? How is she seeing the opportunity to get more dots? And I, I and I was riveted, so I was like, okay, and I followed you, and that's how I, I found you well, to get you on awesome. the show. Yeah, yeah so well, that's great to hear. So videos are great. That's <laughs> <you> awesome. <laughs> no, I love hearing that. Again, people contact me. They're like, I can, you know, I could watch this all day. And that's great because I'm the same way. That's how I, you know, kind of started doing it too, is I would find these accounts who did a lot of these kind of videos and I could just sit there and watch them. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's soothing. <laughs> There's something about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's a real lesson as well for other makers and other artists just to know that, and again, take this with a grain of salt. A lot of people may say, well, how, how am I going to do social media about mugs? <laughs> you know, I mean, and, you know, somebody who's thinking in a very limited way may not really think that there's something truly interesting for a viewer uh, or someone else out there, uh, or they may not have a story to tell about, let's say, a mug, a magnet, an ornament or something like that. Mm -hmm. But you got to try different things and yeah. see what hits with an audience. Yeah. And once you find it, do more of it. Yeah, and I think just, yeah, it's just important to just be you in it too you know don't try to to have a voice that isn't really yours because you're it's not going to work <laughs> you'll you'll lose it eventually you'll you'll lose the facade eventually and <laughs> you know just be yourself have you found instances where you sort of tried to be let's say super professional or more sort of <laughs> are you saying i'm big? not super professional <laughs> <laughs> no but you're you're yeah. you're very personable and so you know have you have you taken a step to the to the left of personable and sort of been <laughs> professional like i am you know a company here and 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 what was the response to that uh, well, I think maybe starting out, I was kind of like that. It just because it was just, I, you know, this was my business and this is what I do. But I don't think it lasted very long because I'm not, I'm not great at. Not that I'm not good at professionalism. That doesn't sound right. But on social media, I feel is a much more informal setting. So I just, and I didn't really want to spend all my time doing something where I wasn't being me. You know, I wasn't. Um, there's, there's debate on whether you should. You know, talk about your kids or your family or your personal life or just stick to this is the business and this is what I'm going to talk about. But you know, that would be kind of boring, I think, in my opinion. The people, the people that I'm drawn to are the ones where you feel like you kind of know them a little bit. Just through, even though you might not have met them, but you kind of know, like, you know, what's going on in their life as well. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, you know, that I had oatmeal for breakfast every day, but I, <laughs> you know, I might give you, uh, I just, you know, talk about things that are, are happening with, with the kids and with the family as well. That's kind of, I tend to do that more in stories than on the actual feed. So that if you want to come to the Instagram feed and just see pretty pictures, you can do that too. But if you want to, you know, get a little more of the person behind it too, then I'll do that in stories. And are you finding you're producing different content for different platforms or are you primarily just making one thing, putting it out into all of the different channels? Uh, well, I'm primarily only doing Facebook and Instagram right now. I do put a lot of the uh, same things on both just because I've, it's a different audience I think for both too um, Instagram I think is tends to be a younger audience and I'm I could go even younger onto TikTok or something but I haven't uh, that's that's my daughter's thing I haven't I haven't <laughs> I feel Gotta like get your dancing lady. shoes on there. yeah I feel like an old lady I haven't got into TikTok yet but uh, um, the different both platforms have different audiences I think so it's been it's been all right just having the same type of contact um, I try to have different 
smaller micro audiences within them, like on the Instagram stories is not as, not as many people um, will be watching that as they will on the feed. And in Facebook, I have a, a, a separate private group that uh, will do the same kind of thing. Like I'll have more of the videos there and just more feedback. Like, um, you know, Hey, I'm think I'm releasing these ornaments this year. What do you guys think? You know, what would you call it? That kind of thing. Just in the smaller micro groups. Do you ask your audience uh, a lot of questions? Do you get input and then actually put it into practice? I do. I think it's a, it's a great way to get feedback from your audience and also to bring them into the, into the mix more too, because if you have something you're like, Hey, I, you know, I suggested that you should do cast ornaments and, and now they're there or whatnot. And it's a, it's a good way to gauge where your audience is at. And obviously you can't do everything that they suggest because I think every maker has had the, you know, you should make this and always go, yep. <laughs> who's going to buy it? Um, so you can't, you can't do everything for everyone, but it's definitely a, a good idea. Like if I had uh, a lot of people suggesting that they would like to see, this particular style of ornament next year, then I could take that into mind and, and, and see what I could do. Right. So does it actually, at times it can help you even figure out who you're making for it. Right. If I start, you know, having dozens of people are suggesting this to me or something, then well, hey, maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe that is something, maybe it's just me that wouldn't be interested in it or something like that. But right. Uh, may open up a different avenue. Perhaps. Yeah, exactly. And you never know, like, is there'll be some things that I think will be, you know, really, really popular and I really enjoy it. And I think this is going to be great and it flops <laughs> or the other way around. I'll have something. I'll just make a one off a quick of like, well, I'll just throw this out and see what happens. And it ends up being really popular. So you never know. And in terms of people contributing, does your family contribute to it? Are they part of the, the business? Um, not so, not so much. My family, they definitely help a lot behind the scenes. Like my husband, um, when I was doing craft shows, when that was actually more of a thing, um, before, before the year, <laughs> pre this year, um, he would, uh, you know, he obviously watched the kids or my grand, or my mom, sorry, would watch, uh, watch the kids for me a lot when I'm doing that kind of thing. Um, this year I did have some markets that I was going to be, um, double booked at. So he was going to do a booth for me at one and I would be at the other one. That's not happening, <laughs> but maybe that will happen again one day. So that kind of thing. Um, but as for the actual making or the, the, the marketing, the shipping, anything like that, that's, that's all me. And how are you balancing that? I mean, you have a full family life. You have this creative endeavor and you have the entire business to run. How do you decide what's going to take priority? I, you know, I have certain times during the day where I can do certain things and that's just kind of got to be when, when it's at. And my daughter's in, my youngest is in kindergarten half days every day now. So I have about two hours in the morning by the time I get her there and, and bring her back. So I have that two hours where I, you know, if I need to run and get supplies or, I, you know, actually have time to sit down and paint or work on the computer, I have those two hours. Um, I'll pick her up and then we'll do, you know, household stuff and family stuff in the afternoon. And then the evening when she goes to bed, um, then I have a couple more hours to do it that way so it's kind of just broken up into bits and just wherever we can sometimes on the weekend my husband will get a day off so he might you know look after her more while I'm painting for a few hours stuff like that it's pretty much pretty much just here and there wherever I can squeeze it in <laughs> do you find it hard to summon the inspiration at those exact moments at that two hours when you've got the time 
sometimes, but I find I also kind of look forward to it a little bit because especially when I'm going to paint, you know, I can throw on a Netflix show in the background or listen to a podcast or something. And that's kind of also my time that I can just kind of relax and do. So I definitely, I definitely look forward to those. <laughs> um, it's, it is more hard to summon the energy to do, you know, the taxes at the end of the year or, uh, <laughs> or you know, any of that fun stuff. But the, the creative side of it, no, I'm usually pretty, pretty excited to go do it. <laughs> so what sort of advice might you give to somebody who wants to get into into the mug game, into the mandala <laughs> art game. <laughs> I think no matter what you want to do, um, there's there's a market for everyone, I think, and for everything. So even if you think, um, you know, you want to make some, say, jewelry, something that's traditionally fairly, fairly saturated market, there's, you're making them yourself. So there's something different in the way you're making it just because it's you making it you're not going to make it exactly the same as anyone else so I think don't be discouraged by what's out there already and just kind of look at what you're going to bring to the table that's an incredibly good lesson honestly because as somebody that's made films podcasts music writing photography and everything else I've dabbled in a lot of different stuff and I've, I found I've talked myself out of going further because I've seen somebody who's a already there or b there and just doing such amazing work that uh, I'm horrified putting my stuff next to theirs. Oh, for sure. And I'm definitely not saying that I've mastered this lesson, but um, that's something you kind of aim for. Because yeah, it's always hard to, we compare ourselves all the time, you know, like, why would I even bother applying to, you know, this market when the talent there is already astounding or yeah, like make a film when there's already been masterpieces. Why do I need to try? Um, yeah, it's definitely, we're our own worst critics, right? So it's it's hard to fight that. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, the website is probably the f- best place to start, uh, pegdots.com, P-E-G-D-O-T-S.com. Um, everything is there. You can shop from there. They have, uh, I run a Meet the Maker series. Um, it was a, a blog series. Those are all still on there. And I do a live Instagram series as well. So you can find me on Instagram and um, uh, Facebook at pegdots. And that's probably the best place to start. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing how you make a living. Thanks for having me. Subscribe to Making a Living Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. For more on the show, visit makingalivingshow.com or follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Making a Living One. Making a Living Show is produced by Next Exit Media and hosted by me, Roby Levy. Thanks for listening.